You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. All right, everybody. Um, thank you for bearing with us. If you're checking us out randomly on our YouTube or our Twitch, uh, thanks for bearing with us. I've no, I have no idea if this is working or not, but we're going to give it a go and let us know in the chat if you can't hear us or you can't see us or whatever. Uh, this is... The Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined on the line by the reigning, defending, undisputed, undefeated champion, Martin Herty. Who undisputed. Has, undisputed. Undisputed. One and all. Uh, and you are legitimately a man with a better MMA record than CM Punk. Undisputed. He hasn't even responded to he the challenge. So. He hasn't. What a coward. What a coward. Un- until he responds, he can't even dispute it. So I am no. undisputed. Yeah, well, it's legitimate, you know, it's legit, man. So we're going to ride that into the freaking ground. Um, but tonight we are testing this out because finally we can stream again, which is pretty cool. We haven't been able to stream. I checked since May 2021, there has not been a stream on this channel. I am, despite the fact that I've been with you over a year, I am a streaming virgin as far as we're concerned. <laughs> well, man, as I said, like, it just... I was using a computer that was ancient, and to be fair, it did what it could do, uh, even with RAM upgrades and hard drive upgrades and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, it just died out la- this time last year. Oh, sorry, just before Christmas. And then it began my 11-week odyssey to fix a computer. And thank you to, of all places, Harvey Normans in Bartristown that had a HP Envy, which I was, no, sorry, HP Omen. And uh, they're great machines. Yeah. They, they really are. So um, that's how we're able to be with you this week um, because it's fixed. It's actually fixed. We managed to Good. to get to get the the kinks worked out with such with the technical stuff. But as far as streaming goes, we got the, we got the vaccine and we got that HPMV cleared right up. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't a virus. There was no, there was no virus. It just was literally technical issues, and then waiting for um, two different companies to resolve a com- to to actually get me a computer that works. Because uh, and I have to use Windows 11, so I'm using Windows 11 now, which is weird. Um, and uh, hopefully things are going to go well. I was streaming yesterday for two and a half hours uh, on the Twitch channel, uh, playing a, uh, a game called House Flipper, which. It's a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and come uh, here, when you're streaming for two and a half hours playing House Flipper, do you just be cracking away or do you, what do you be at? Oh, yeah. You just kind of talk as you're playing the game, you know? Like it's. If you, 
if you take your top off or something, will people throw you a fiver in the? Well, if that works, well, if, well, if that well, if that works, you know, these these this computers don't pay for themselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, like, uh, look, I'm just glad it all works now. Um, it seems like we have the kinks sorted, but um, yeah. So the plan is, ladies and gentlemen, Friday nights we're going to be back streaming like normal. Uh, when we do kind of get a bit more of an attractive setup. Uh, we'll be there, be able to take calls as well but this weekend we are going to do something a little bit different so this is actually going out in canonical order after the show we're going to do this weekend because it's Elimination Chamber this weekend yep Which the I Saudi Elimination Chamber I, I thought they were two different shows and I'm like, when are they going to do that? and they're like, wait, no, Elimination Chamber is just in Saudi Arabia I'm like, I mean, that makes sense, right? it's like, instead of giving them fake Wrestlemania they get like yeah, well, well, they got what was the last one they got? Crown uh, uh, Jewel. No, no, but they also got a another canonical one the last time, didn't they? Did, Did they, they not get money? In, maybe it wasn't money in the bank, was it? Uh, uh, I know they had the greatest Royal Rumble. Yes. But I, th- I think they also gave them a proper pay per view oh. um, the last time. Well, Can't look, I, I think this makes way more sense for them. So we are going to either cover it, we're going to plan to cover that after the show. Or we're going to cover it sometime this weekend, but probably be after the show. Another thing as well, guys, I finally got around to fixing our social media. So our social media is now underscore the rewind on Twitter, which uh, you can go there. Or you can go uh, the wrestling rewind show at gmail.com, the wrestling rewind show on Facebook. So finally, it only took however long we've been doing this show, Martin to actually get everything nice and consistent but it's there yeah. it's but it there. has been all dara i show up once a week drink whiskey waffle about wrestling dara does all the work i wasn't joking though with people when i'm like send us money <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have a computer <laughs> legitimately did not have one so my poor credit card is uh, is bleeding in a, in a ground going oh my god what's going on but we got there and it was worth it. So we're, we're finally able to do this wrestling thing again, which is which is super fun. So, yeah, there will be more streams. Everything is a bit more consistent. Guys, if you do want to email us, you can uh, email the wrestling rewind show at gmail.com and um, we'll be able to actually do stuff that you want us to talk about. You know, so I'm excited about that, Martin. I really am. I think it's going to be great crack. Um, and let me turn on my 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 little light there. And we're ready to go. All right. Wait. So all the stuff we post is going to be up on our social medias as far as what show we're doing. And if we are going live like we are over the weekend for the Elimination Chamber, all the details will be there. So Bassett to Beach. New era. New era. Exactly. New blood rising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doomed already. Oh, yeah, we're, It's already on fire. Although we can't justifiably call ourselves the Millionaires Club, so I suppose. Oh. We have to, we have to. How, how, how old was Vampiro at this point? I think we're Vampiro's age, so it's all right. 4,000, was it? I, what's his, what's his, his, uh, his gimmick? Cafe yeah, I think it was something like 4,000. But hold on, like, I don't know. I, I think we're good. I think we're good. But anyway, so there's a lot to unpack on this one, right? This is, this is the most WCW show that we've ever done. The um, most WCW show that has ever WCW'd. I yeah, I would say that's a very true assessment because it's not just, it's not just, it's not bad. No, I I didn't think it was bad, and that that's one thing straight out the bat. I actually, 
I found myself in, like you enjoyed this more than the last one, which surprised me because I actually enjoyed the last one quite a lot. But I had a lot here, and I think it was they again they kind of they went more gimmicky, but then less gimmicky as well at some points, which really helped the show, I think. And it also had some of my favorite WCW wrestlers on the show. Yeah, and I think the fact that I enjoyed it um, says a lot because one segment in particular in this, I think, is one of the worst things to ever happen wrestling. Yeah. So the fact that the show itself could survive that and, and be enjoyable. And I mean, now, when we say enjoyable, I mean enjoyable in the the sphere of WCW in the late 90s, early 90s. Look, it is enjoyable. Like, I wouldn't say, you know, it's the best thing ever, but I also wouldn't say it's the worst thing ever. It does have some of the, as you said, it does have some pretty ropey, ropey game. Uh, like, we'll get into it, but we'll it, ha- it has all of our favorites. It has Ralphus, it has Norman <laughs> Smiley screaming, it has David Flair looking confused, Meat is there. It has all the lads. Well, yeah. I know, I know what the show is famous for, and I know everyone's going to want us to sit and dissect the Hogan segment and sit we and can. dissect the Russo segment, but I'm going to disappoint them because all I want to talk about is the wedding gown match. That's it. One hour, the wedding gown match. Listen, I think those gimm- I, I think those gimmick matches are really underrated. They're they're a lost they're they're a lost art to be fair, and when they're done right, they're great. But they're very often and, done and when terrible. They're done wrong. They're even better. <laughs> yeah, but I think the the two people who I'd actually want to see in a match like that are Daphne and Miss Hancock. Oh, because yeah. you know their characters just work so well. Because Daphne, longtime fans of of this show when it was the the international desk or whatever, know I love Daphne. She's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and I was devastated when she was when she died recently because I love Daphne, and it was great. It's great to see her here anytime she's there. But man, like WWE dropped the bar, dropped the ball with her by not picking her up. TNA would use her great, and they'd use her in a very similar way than they used or here and obviously miss yeah. hancock with uh who's stacy keebler is is great so we'll talk about it it's four minutes yeah exactly four <laughs> minutes of absolute train wreck but Just, in the best way possible yeah we'll get into it i'm looking so forward we'll, to it uh, me too me too right so we are going to start from the top and then work down because there is a lot to unpack and we only have the hour here so Let's kind of give some background here. This was in July 9th, 2000. So around the time of King of the Ring 2000. So you can, yeah, this was a better show than King of the Ring 2000, uh, which <laughs> it was. I'm sorry, yeah. folks. It was. Tony yeah, we discussed it last week, the bloody, the world title going in a six-way yeah. tag match. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would be, I would have much rather watch, it, watch this than King of the Ring. But Again, for many reasons. Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson, and Mark Madden. So the Scream team return. No Mike today. And Mean Gene is hanging out at the back. And I was sad by this because, again, Schiavone carries this whole show on his back. Yeah. Although, Mark, Madden, Mark Madden wasn't as bad as he was last time. I do have oh, to give him that. Yeah, I'd say someone had a word with him because um, he was like dreadful and not dreadful in quality dreadful in the stuff he was saying even by the even by the standard of 2000 pro wrestling yeah um but no but uh, you can tell that shivoni's carrying the show because uh, i think the the cracks with him are starting to show because he comes out with some just hilarious blunders the whole way through this but uh actually funny story 
funny story. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but um, it looks like Twitter's finally discovered what wrestling in 2000 was. Ah, <laughs> have you have you seen this? No, no. So, it, a, a quick are, are, are we are we done? Are we shut down? No. Well, it, it's coming because uh, the whole Joe Rogan thing. Uh, people took what he said out of context, and look, we're not taking sides on that, obviously. But what I'm saying is they 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 did a super clip of him using words and saying things and um <laughs> then the rock came out about it and then someone did a super cut uh, super cut of the rock saying horrifically offensive things from the attitude era out of context oh that's right i and yeah you're i like, haven't seen the joe rogan thing but i've seen the rock getting in trouble for yeah, yeah and i'm like oh rock no don't <laughs> anyone who was in the attitude era don't don't pick that battle because you're well, gonna I lose you what know? I would say is, if I was The Rock, I would say, my name is Dwayne Johnson, and that is a scripted character I play. I know, man, but, like, the super you cut, know, the super cut in, is... In like, the same feel, way, you, I, could, you could do, like, you could do a super cut of Quentin Tarantino in Django Unchained, repeatedly yeah. saying the N-word, yeah. and you could do a super cut of it, and you could say, here's a white man screaming the N-word at a black man repeatedly, and when you remove that from the context of it was a character in a film, mm. you know, so. But that's, that's, that's pretty much what they did for Joe Rogan. And I, I'm not a Joe Rogan fan. I don't really watch him or whatever, but that's what they did basically for him. And uh, then The Rock came out and then they did a super cut of him, you know, insulting loads of people across loads of spectrums. And you're like, oh, so I'm just like, King, they're well, coming for you. That's a man of famous. Oh, yeah, King. King, they're coming for you. Uh, well, the king is, uh, without getting us in any legal bother, the king is a uh, fairly Teflon. If he can get away with what he has gotten away with, he's... Uh, well, see, this is, I just don't think that like Twitter knew what wrestling was like in, in 20 years ago. You know, And I think The Rock might be the floodgates here. Because again, he got famous for saying those horrific things and oh, yeah. being that and, character. And now he's known not just as like this great... Uh, actor and entrepreneur and whatever else he's known as like the nice guy of hollywood like he's mm. nice to everybody everybody loves him you yeah. know he's involved in loads of charity works and stuff yeah and then you go oh he so genuinely a couple of years ago my girlfriend came downstairs during uh wrestlemania mm. and the rock was there and she looked at and she said oh my god did the rock used to be a wrestler whoa yeah that was that whoa was <laughs> but there's so there's like an entire generation of people who only know the actor, The Rock. That's crazy. That's so crazy are, for me. They're in for a they're in well, for see, a treat. The, the super cut is pretty horrendous. Like it really is. And you're like, Wow. And look, to be fair, I do think that's unfair because it was twenty years ago and you know it was a character and I don't think he genuinely meant anything he said there, but, uh, you know, someone should know better like the rock. And, you know, when he went after Rogan for that, I was like, Oh, you're I not going to Maybe he did, but this. I don't think you can judge today by no. late nineties, no, uh, culture. Like the whole thing in the culture of the late nineties was that everything was extreme and to shock everybody. Everything was, extreme, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, there's actually there's a good video by short fat fat otaku and he actually talks about that it's like the the culture of the time was you know south park simpsons all that kind of stuff and then it kind of Jerry changed Springer, yeah you know, exactly so it's like jackass like this was 
Well, see, his point actually was, and I might link it in the in the description below because it, it's a it's a good uh, it is a good video, and um, he uh, he talks about it and says Jackass was kind of like the peak of it. There was three different. There was like a extreme for the sake of extreme. There was extreme jokes and there was crude humor, and Jackass was kind of everything. And then it kind of peaked it out, which is true. Like when Jackass went away, it kind of went away, and it is funny that like twenty years later, Jackass is on WWE television, but stuff to happen on Jackass couldn't be on television because it would be kicked off instantly, you know? And I, I haven't seen it, but I can guarantee you that this Jackass movie that's out, it won't be a patch on stuff that they would do just weekly on Jackass in yeah, the, I'd agree. In the noughties, you know? Like, it'll be I, I very correct and very... I haven't seen it either. I don't particularly want to because it's just like you know i think that stuff's a time capsule of a time like again like one of the reasons and this is a good point one of the reasons that ecw like when paul Heyman brought back ecw uh or di didn't bring back ecw he's like look we had to kind of change it it was going to become like ring of honor even he knew he couldn't do the stuff he was doing then you know even yeah. even in 2000 like if ecw but in, if you watch ecw in 2000 I, I remember having vhs tapes of it it was a marked difference from ECW even in nineteen ninety six. Oh yeah, yeah. You it know? was it was very much a a place in time, and I think the fact that at that stage, like we obviously had you know early internet and recording materials and all that, but I think the fact that that technology was so very quickly outpaced in the coming years yeah. means that it remained a kind of a time capsule. So it is it is there for anyone who cares to go and find it but the thing is most people don't care to go and find it and you know i think that's the right way to kind of address this you know but it is crazy when you see it on a show and like we call it out because it is it is mad when you see it you know that you're like whoa but um it is it is like a time capsule in and of itself so i know i'm just excited when uh twitter actually realize what um <laughs> That wrestling, how bad wrestling was, because I think it's going to be a, a, a shocking day for them because they were well, shocked with the. Do rock. you know? I suspect a lot of people who idolize the Attitude Era and idolize the, uh, you know, the Monday Night War era and all that. I suspect a lot of them do you don't that. Go back and watch it. Yeah, I suspect they do that from a point of pure memory and pure nostalgia. I don't think any of them actually, you know, are, are sitting watching like the best of Nitro or the best of Raw or anything like that. Well, look, here's the thing, you know, the, the the matches that were on Raw were not very good. They were like two minute matches throwaway. You watch WCW for the for the long form good content. Now, by this time, by 2000, it had kind of flipped where you'd watch Raw and there would be your Chris Jericho's, your Chris Benoit's, your Dean Malenko's, your Eddie Guerrero's. They'd all be there kind of pushing forward with uh, more established talent from the outside or even pushing out some of the outside era talent. You see with the hardcore division, all the, the workers that would do the two-minute matches on, on Raw and SmackDown back in 1999 are now in the hardcore division because they're being outworked. Yeah. So, but it's funny, when we're in uh, Bash at the Beach, WCW land, it's a whole different kettle of fish. So, Let's kind of get into it here. So the first match, again, and we've seen this from, if this is your first show, thanks very much for joining us. Go back and have a look at some of the other stuff that we've done. And w going back to 1999 even, even the WCW Cruiserweight title was its own title. It had it was telling its story. It was really kind of out there as it as the main show to watch, as the main title, even below the world belt. And, and it had prestige. 
Like yes, it, it was did. legitimate. It wasn't a, a prop. It had no. prestige. Like it meant something. Eddie, like it was Eddie always Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero and Billy Kidman were making that title mean something. Yeah, and and it was always on first match, but they always made those first fifteen minutes count. Yeah, and you know I think that they went away from it a bit, and now with this it was interesting because obviously they had uh, Lieutenant Loco defeating Juventud Guerrero uh, in a in a very very competitive match, but it was a joke. It came off as a joke, you know. And Lieutenant Loco and the what's it? Uh, what really the, is obviously uh, Chavo Guerrero. And I don't know. There was just some off about this. So it's, the, it's the filthy animals and the, and the misfits in action. Yes, and I think um, that that hurt it. That really hurt it. Yeah, I tell you what. What it was. For me, so there was a couple of things here. I looked up the attendance on this show mm. uh, because I thought, wow, this is such a huge difference from the Great American Bash. They've they've packed the building out. And I don't know, maybe the building they were in previously was massive. Mm. Maybe the fact that it was so sparse and they had to uh, cover so much of the audience in darkness mm. um, made it look bigger, made it look cavernous and empty. Maybe it was the setup of the of this of the the stage and all that mm. but as soon as this started i saw a packed crowd even though it was the same attendance like i said maybe it's just a smaller arena i saw the lo- the beautiful colorful bash at the beach set the colorful bash at the beach ring mm. you know the fireworks are great everyone was buzzing and then we had this opening match which now not kidding ourselves it wasn't up to the quality of like you say those eddie guerrero Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio matches. It wasn't up to that quality. But this was, particularly compared to what we've seen the past couple of weeks, this was good. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it wasn't a, a like you know a, a cruiserweight classic. But at the end of it, when this match was over, and with the hot crowd and with the opening, you know, the, the color of the opening segment and all, I was I, I was a wee, sitting a wee bit more optimistic, even though I know how it ends. <laughs> Um, but I was watching going, well, this is this has uh, potential here. See, again, like a, a lot of what was going on here in, in WCW, they were trying to course correct. It was a course correct and it was working. But then look who you had at the top of the card. And we will get into it. But like. If taking away Misfits in action, taking away the Filthy Animals, I think if that had just been a straight match where it was. Chavo Guerrero versus Juventud Guerrero oh, it would have been Chavo and the Juice. Yeah, it would have been great. Also, Disco Inferno, I don't appreciate Disco Inferno not being the Disco Inferno. I'm just like, come he's, on. What is it to call him here? The hip hop. The hip hop. I know he's wearing a Lakers jersey. Well, um, Conan comes out and Conan does his, you know, bit of crack to the ring and all that, and then he hands the he hands the mic to Disco, and Disco goes, "Yeah, word to your mother." And yeah. it is the whitest thing I have ever heard. It is. It, it is a life. It is. It, Just... I don't know what they were thinking, but <laughs> like again, course correct. I understand. It's a. It's Disco Inferno was better. He was over at the Disco Inferno. He's over in Disco Inferno for the next four years in WWA. So come on, yeah. like. And I don't it understand it, but he was. Well, he was. <laughs> and WWE will have to cover, actually, in, in future shows, because that is a weird place, man. That's a weird place that existed. So the next one was a hardcore match. Look, I love w- I love hardcore matches. WCW hardcore matches have a, a fond place in my heart. This is not one of them. 
No. This is a far cry from Hardcore Hack and, and Bam Bam yeah. Bigelow. I could tell when, because uh, so obviously we don't follow the Nitros in between, mm. but I could tell when he came out and the champion was Big Vito. I was like, ah, this isn't, yeah, this isn't going to be good. No. So Big Vito defeated Norman Smiley and Ralphus in a hardcore match for the WCW Hardcore Championship. Because look, again, at this point, the golden age for the hardcore belt, the hardcore division in WWE was happening. So all yeah. the guys that could make the division good were in WWE, and it was 24-7 rule and all that kind of good stuff. Here, it was kind of like, well, we have Norman Smiley. Yeah. And we have Ralphus. They were kind of caught between, uh, or they kind of fell between two stools, because like you say, WWE was doing the whole 24-7 thing, so it was a, it was a silly gimmick. Hmm. Um, but WCW was, on the one hand, they had wrestlers, like you say, like Smiley, who were silly gimmick wrestlers. But then they still insisted on treating the belt like a proper prestigious championship. You know, now, they would have their fixed matches and they would come out and defend the title. And You know what is weird, though? So the matches that we talked about with Hack and Bam Bam and Raven. Brian Nobbs. They were just, well, not, less, less, less so Brian Nobbs. But they were matches that were just because. Yeah. <laughs> because they wanted to beat each other up. Those matches were better than the actual matches for the belt. The belt seemed to have demonstrably worse matches, which is bizarre to me. Yeah. I don't even think Raven held the hardcore belt in WCW. No. Harry uh, did. Again, I think it's because it's kind of caught between being on the one hand treated as a championship title and simultaneously being treated as, you know, a, a, a silly gimmick. Mm. And well, the belt is horrendous. Oh, it yes. looks manky. I'm sorry. I love wrestling belts, but this is not one of them. This is, it's, it's, it's a really, it's terrible. Uh, it's actually if you if you Google it, there's some good fan designs, which are actually pretty cool. There's one there from uh, 2016, and actually looks pretty nice. But what's yeah, what's your favorite belt at the moment? Oh, it's it's one of the AW ones. Has to be. Um, I I think their tag title is just the most. I would have it up there with the Winged Eagle as one of the most beautiful belts. A, a splash of color on the belts is always a good thing. I think you know, like yeah. Um, I think I think what makes it for me is the fact that even though you only see glimpses of it, the inside of it appears to be some sort of snake skin. Oh, that's oh it's class. So look, not not a great filler match, but the next one definitely made up no. for. And, and I'll tell you what, just before we get on to the next one, Ralphus, he is either the greatest actor in the world, or he is a man who does not know what he's meant to be doing and who is being physically assaulted, because. I can see that he's meant to be like a, a comedic character. You're meant to laugh. But honest to God, when I see him out there running around with belly hanging out and the big sad look on his face and I'm getting his head kicked in, I just feel sad. Just but that's Ralphus for you. That's what he does. That's what he's always doing. With Jericho, he just he didn't have to do it because Jericho will protect him. But now he's just well, Yeah, because it was funny when he was with Jericho. But this, yeah. I don't know, this just made me sad. Yeah, no, it was... 
I, 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 and again, we will, we will track this. I've yet to see a good hardcore match in WCW for the hardcore belt. Yeah. I've yet to see it. And none of uh, them ones we watched with Bam Bam or any of that, none of them were for the belt. No, they were just because. <laughs> just <laughs> go out there and kill each other. Why? Oh, just because. Yeah. I suppose it makes more sense. The, here, what was the, uh, was the, um, the big, uh, car park brawl or the, uh, junkyard brawl with the cars part uh, like piled all around the thing was that for a title uh if it had terry funk in it yes if it didn't no no it didn't have terry funk in it. then it was just then it was just random <laughs> no do you know what it was they had some ridiculous trophy made yes out of, it was like, a trophy it was junkyard a trophy. parts yeah. and yeah, yeah uh, that's what that was yeah never mind right so the next one is a wedding gown match with daphne uh, against Miss Hancock with David Flair. And Crowbar, this is what we will be sticking to for the remainder of the show, folks. And you know what? We easily could. We <laughs> easily could. It's one of those, one of those, oh, yeah, it, look, it's WCW at its best. It really is. Um, yeah. But this had a lot of build-up to it at the, in between the Nitros, which obviously we didn't see. So there was there was a lot going on here. I think David Flair, um, while he was terrible, I think this is the best use of David Flair. Yeah. And well, it's it, it's it's only it made some course some sort of sense at least. Well, it's only deepened my conviction that this man has in fact targeted me and <laughs> is taunting me from beyond the grave, because like we said last week, he came out head to toe in Union Jacks. And this week he came out with his arm around the object of my adolescent desires, uh, Miss Hancock, shifting the face off her. Yep. Um, and it just is like, this fella knows every bloody button to push. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so, so are, just Miss Hancock was my like from about 14 till about 17 Miss Hancock was my idea of just a perfect woman well look she might have been but she was not a good wrestler no. <laughs> Daphne <laughs> however was a good wrestler but not at this point and so interesting fact um, both Daphne and Keebler were products of the WCW power plant. And that would be the, the extent of Stacey Keebler's training. Uh, Daphne would then go and get more training afterwards and obviously end up doing what she would do in uh, TNA and, and elsewhere. Right. The match came about after Hancock stole Daphne's fiance David Flair, away from her. So not only did David Flair get with Daphne, but also... With Stacey Keebler. What a lucky, lucky man. Um, I don't buy it. I don't buy it either. <laughs> but um, so this essentially, this is a match. Like, this is basically a tuxedo match, an evening gown match, but with a, with a wedding gown being a loose term for what this was. These were just basically sexy costumes. <laughs> Daphne was taking no chances, though. Daphne had a, had a shoulder to ankle full skin colored bodysuit on underneath her 
it, ma- it made more sense. It made more sense. It made well, more it made, sense. It made me think that she was going to be the one to lose then, you know, because she was like prepped for Cover it. it up. Yeah, well, it goes along with her character where she was more, you know, conservative is the wrong word, but I'll use it anyway. More conservative <laughs> with, with with that kind of, you know, not wanting to be embarrassed in that way. Now, this eventually would build up to a Stacey Keebler, David Flair wedding, like an actual wedding on the show. <sighs> Uh, at the at the end of the year so we'll probably end up covering that and boy that's a segment wrestling weddings are they're never good i'm sorry i just i never think they're good but this was a very entertaining match in and of itself so where do we start crowbar was just kind of there i felt bad for crowbar he was like the the odd man out with the the spare wheel but uh i'll give you the floor martin so you can set the scene for anyone listening or watch it so I, I'm I'm at a loss with this. I genuinely can't tell whether I loved or loathed this. It was pantomime. It was mm. theatrics. Mm. It was a bawdy 1950s carry-on humor. It was everything but wrestling. Um, uh, at one stage, the referee is trying to separate uh, the two women, and Stacey Keebler rips his trousers and his trousers just come off the referee's yep. there in his pants yep. and then Daphne whips uh, David Flair's trousers off and then he's there in his pants and then Crowbar comes running in and backdrops David Flair for, for no reason I don't know what Crowbar's um, uh, uh, tie-in with it was but he gets into the ring and he sees everybody else is having a no-pants party and he's not going to be the only one left out so he whips off his own trousers um, and uh the match only escalates from there. Um, he whips his jeans around David Flair, drags him into the corner. Um, Stacy Keebler, or was it Daphne? No, Daphne produces a a buzzer, like a hair trimming thing. David Flair brought it to the ring, Will. David Flair brought it. And then Stacy Keebler gets in the ring, grabs a microphone, says, I know what you're all here to, to see and takes her dress off so she loses, loses. yeah made no <laughs> it, sense it, it reminded me no of uh was it the macho man uh climbed up the top turnbuckle and, and put himself out of the rumble yep <laughs> by jumping to the outside um and then because it's a wedding gown match there's a huge cake by ringside the whole thing descends into a, a high school movie food fight <laughs> Four minutes of time, which is... Four minutes. <laughs> to be fair, now we've watched matches that have gone on for 20 minutes and not as much happened. So I do have to give them credit. This is probably, and I'm not joking, this is the single best thing that David Flair has been involved in in WCW. Maybe in his the, career. There's a there's a terrific part in it where I think it's Stacey Keebler is in her wee. And I mean, it's a very short skirt she's wearing. Yeah. And David Flair has had his trousers pulled off. and he runs after her and, and she runs away and they do like a circle of the ring. And while mm. that was going on, all I could hear in my head was, it was just, but look, you know, I will, I will defend this rather than a straight rest of the match because neither one of them at the time could actually like do that. You know, Oh yeah, uh, it got them both over quite a, quite a, by quite a lot by, you know, leaning into the, you know, that they're both very attractive women at this point. And obviously, 
David Flair can't wrestle. He just can't do it. So it, it did kind of build over. And this character, again, would lead in for the next couple of months. I think it runs out in either November, and I think it's September. It, it, it runs out eventually. Um, but it was it was one of the strong characters. One of the strong stories, yeah. one of the strong characters yeah. that you can actually lean into I w- and go, I would this makes sense. Yeah, I would stress, I'm not, with that kind of breathless, flabbergasted rundown, I'm not criticizing this. I think this was WCW in the noughties. This was, it was never not entertaining. Yeah, that's say true. That about it it that was either, true. I mean, depending on how you look at it, you could see it as a, a full frontal assault on feminism. Or you could see it as a, a kind of a modern art masterpiece, you know. Well, look, you know, <laughs> if I would say, right, and again, both companies did this at the time. I would say the way, there's more agency here with the women, I think, with this, in a weird way. Because in WWE, okay, yeah, look, they're still fighting over a man, but David Flair is, use that term very loosely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks like a young fella just lost at a concert, like on the way to a concert. Um we would like i would say the women here have more agency and they're actually doing a lot more there's a lot more going on except for crowbar the only person who comes out here really badly is crowbar he's just kind of there it's like oh man you're total afterthought you're total rebound um well i tell you we're we're three minutes into a we're three matches into a 2000s wcw pay-per-view and i was sitting on the couch with a smile on my face like i yeah and that's it and look and that's what you want yeah, so like look, I had yet to be checking my phone or or seeing what was on next. Um, well, the, the next the next match was was a was a thirty well, minutes. Ah, uh, oh, no. It was well. It, okay, well I tell you what. Before we get into it, yeah, What I, what I thought was fantastic was before the next match started, um, they cut to the commentary desk and obviously they were talking about. I can't believe what we've just seen. Yeah. Um, but you could see the camera, the way it was angled, you could see that they'd obviously sent the crew down to clean up all the uh, wedding cake that had been thrown everywhere. And it just says everything about WCW in 2000, that they knew there was going to be a segment where a giant wedding cake was going to be destroyed. And they knew they were going to have to clean it up and send the crew down. And they gave them no tools. The guys were down there with T-shirts in their hands. <laughs> scraping the cake off the mat with t-shirt bundled up t-shirts and i was just oh wcw well look you know they they only had so much you probably had loads of that um david flair merch that you just wasn't shifting yeah <laughs> <laughs> better use it in some way so the next match chronic defeated the perfect event meat and chuck palumbo a tag team which didn't exist for very long less than a year Sean Stasiak, terrible. Uh, Chuck Palumbo, that's like terrible. kind of like the gimmick, though. Like they were okay. deliberately ripping off Mr. Perfect and Lex Luger. Well, this comes back from Stasiak literally ripping off uh, Kirk Hennig. That was like the gimmick which we've seen. So, yeah, I suppose it makes sense. But I just I just never bought Sean Stasiak in anything, you know, that I see him in. It's just, it's just one, it's like X-Pac go away heat, you know? Where I'm like, yeah. and I don't know if it's because like he made Kurt Angle look so bad in Kurt Angle's debut, and it always stuck with me. Where I'm like, how do you make like again? Look, when I was, uh, I didn't realize Kurt Angle was who he was when I first saw him. But now in hindsight, or even 
four or five years later when Kurt Angle really became Kurt Angle, you know, you're like, how did he make Kurt Angle look bad? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, geez. And then when you're watching WCW shows, you're like, ah, oh, that's why. Cause you're <laughs> atrocious. But uh, Chronic grew on me here. I thought they were like, they actually worked really well as a team. I th- actually, both both teams worked quite well as a team. It was a very good tag team match. It was about 14 minutes. It was fun. The, the, the only problem with this match was that it was it was too long. Yeah, it could have been half. It could have been seven minutes. Yeah. A nice tight seven Se- minutes would have been it. This would have been a, a good match. Seven minutes. Is, like you say, none of the guys in the ring are great wrestlers. But mm. like Chronic are big, imposing guys. They're a good team. They're, they're a good, good team. team. Yeah. And while maybe they're not like, greatest technical wrestlers like they can move for big guys they can move you know they're capable of a uh, punch kick punch kick and pull off a pretty impressive spot mm. um and then like I say the perfect event are hit and miss but seven minutes they, they could have made something really good out of this i agree match of the night probably is up next chris canyon and booker t put on a hell of a clinic in 10 minutes positively canyon Positive, but that's it. Like again, we Love wanted we wanted Chris Canyon for a while um, to come out and just be able to do, just be able to work, not in not on a wheelchair, not hampered by someone else. Not, and he went there with Booker T, and you know yeah. th- these guys had great chemistry. It was just a singles match. It was throwaway, but it was really good. Yeah, good to see Booker T back and not what was he, Sergeant Awesome or whatever name they had him in in Great American Bash. Again, it's weird how quickly the gimmicks change. Yeah. <laughs> like within a, within like two weeks, they're completely different characters. It's like okay, fair enough. Um. Yeah. Look, I I thought they had a really. I thought okay, maybe it wasn't like a top level pay per view match, but I thought they had a really good what would have been a good Nitro match. Mm. And then, as is always the case, WCW got in its own way with yeah. the um the Jarrett interference and the ending at the end and uh. Uh, I loved the I loved Canyon's gimmick with the uh, the book, and he had the brick, <laughs> the brick yeah. in the book, yeah. and he's looking for his brick, and it just made me think of uh, Father Jack and I love I my, love my brick. brick. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I I think this was the right thing to do. It gave these guys, you know, ten minutes to really kind of showcase what they could do. Um, it would set up Booker T's ascension because he would start going towards the world title very very soon. Um, very soon like, yeah <laughs> within the next hour yeah exactly yeah like this but this is why you know he wasn't supposed to be there he was supposed to be he was supposed to be within a couple of months you know this was planting the seeds it just happens that they jumped had to jump ahead a little bit you know mike awesome defeats scott steiner for the u.s title now Great just match. just before this match uh Jeff Jarrett has been walking around oh, no. in, in these skits with a with a, a large woman, uh, a large opera singer, right. and I looking for Hogan. And I assume it's you know, hey Hogan, the fat lady's about to sing, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But just before this match, uh, Mike Awesome is seen chatting her up, and yeah. one of the backstage interviewers, you know, really. 20s hot big boobs out comes over to interview him and he's like shoving her aside so he can talk to the opera singer and I think I mean this is really sad because Mike Awesome was such an awesome wrestler I think this is the genesis 
of the legend of the fact check thriller. Yeah, no, this it was, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a shame because he goes in and have like the matches that Steiner and Awesome had throughout two thousands are actually like probably some of the best stuff you'll see in WCW at this time. Um, great. It's great. No, but on Nitro and Thunder, they're like the matches that people hold up as the matches to watch. And if, it's very rare you'd get to see them because of all the BS that would go on. And then particularly when they had, when they gave Awesome that gimmick, um, <laughs> it made people want to watch it less. So you'd only see them on throwaway matches on TV. You wouldn't really see them on pay-per-views. So I think this is a rarity that we actually have this. Here's what I don't know. So these two things happened because it was a great, well, it wasn't a very long match, but it was a great match. Um, again, up until the end when WCW got in its own way. Disqualifications, but, yeah. I don't understand how within 10 minutes the the people running WCW saw two things. They saw Mike Awesome talking to a large woman and then they saw Mike Awesome and Scott Steiner batter the living hell out of each other through the crowd, out the back, back through the crowd, back into the ring, kick the living hell out of each other and they saw those two things side by side and they said to themselves, the fat check thriller, that's... That's they weren't, we well, they were like, here's the thing that they, they weren't watching the matches, they were just listening to whatever Hogan or whoever was booking this wanted. And that was yeah. it, you know. And and you'll see it like, look again, Daphne and and Miss Hancock going in and having that match, they had that match because they had nothing else for them to do and nobody paid attention, so they're like, go out and do your own thing. Uh, it, it's a killer, it's a killer. Like, when when the attention was on, on them that's when the wheels came off. And this is a yeah. case in point where it's like, Mike Awesome just with Scott Steiner can go out and did had some of the best matches of the latter WCW because nobody was over them. But the minute they had the spotlight on them, they were hampered by a gimmick, by poor booking, yeah. by BS. And that's what kind of happened here. Even, even this match, this match was good in spite of WCW. I agree. So, um, so they went, they went hell for leather at each other. <laughs> There's a brilliant bit in it uh, towards the end where the two of them are outside the ring and the referee is not distracted. He's not anything. He's looking right at them. Yeah. And Mike Awesome, no, Scott Steiner, no, sorry, Mike Awesome lifts the chair and he wails on Scott Steiner with it. Like he's absolutely laying into him with the chair. And yeah. Tony Schiavone goes, it's uh, great the referees are relaxing the rules this evening because... uh." This right here, this could very easily be a countout. <laughs> a countout while he's <laughs> bludgeoning this fellow in the chair. That this could be a, this could be robbery. He's like killing gonna, someone. This could very easily be, you know, aggravated assault. <laughs> uh, so and then yeah, the match ends. Not only does the match end on a disqualification, despite the fact it was a legal move, yeah, but the the title somehow changes hands on a disqualification. Well, in, w- in WCW, they don't say a title doesn't change hands on a qualification. That's a WWE rule. And an AEW rule. And a common sense rule. But in WCW, it's a little bit looser. Is it? Has, has this, this is the only no, time I've ever seen the, this. Well, it happened in TNA as well. It, it's I, it? I, I, Yeah, it's a Vince Russo rule where they book themselves into a corner and have to get out of it. God, yeah. But what usually happens then is sometimes the, it's overturned as well. It used to happen in TNA a lot, but uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. 
So look, well, well I tell you what, it, it really put a dampener on two guys who went out and look, nobody's going to say Scott Steiner is the greatest wrestler in the world, but when you have two guys who ha- are into it and who have yeah. passion and um, you know they really give it, you know they really lay into each other. This was a, a great match, and again, WCW getting in their own way. Again, it's 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 shameful, it's annoying, it's it's all the above, really is, you know, really is. Uh, the next match up though is <laughs> what's known as the worst of the worst for many reasons. It is Vampiro versus the Kiss Demon. Yes, the band. Uh, well, so I think this was this was just after he had lost the Kiss endorsement, so, so he was I, now the, the demon, demon, and then so sometimes I, they'd say his real name. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, read from the wrestling section dot So, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a story about the Kiss Demon back in 2000. WCW struck a deal with one of the most overrated bands in history, Kiss. True. The, the deal was to create a KISS team wrestler modeled after Gene Simmons with a guaranteed main event after going back and forward with the character unlucky WCW power plant student Dale Thornburg pawned the paint and Brian Adams rejected the gimmick after using it twice. The KISS demon was introduced during a KISS live concert on Nitro True, the lowest rated segment in Nitro history and was pretty much dead on arrival. Also cost something like $2 million, I believe. Um, yes. So, yeah, and this apparently was also during the Super Brawl against the wall. That's when he main evented, which is true, which we haven't actually looked at. And well, this there's actually kind of a parallel between that and this because that was the main event, but it was the fourth match on the card. And the main event on this show was announced <laughs> with two matches to go after it. So it would eventually spawn this match which is a graveyard match. For all intents and purposes, imagine the boneyard match, but terrible. Well, well, there you go. That was my my first reaction to this was, <clears throat> what nerds a graveyard? Because WWE have shown us that the place where you bury people is called a boneyard. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what this was. And you know what? Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe if, that's if, why they did it. They didn't want it to be associated because if you Google graveyard match, you're not going to get anything good. <laughs> did uh, did Taker and Jake the Snake or Jake the Snake and the Ultimate Warrior? Did they have a a good one? I can't imagine the Ultimate Warrior ever had a good anything. So actually, I stand corrected. When you Google graveyard match, you do actually get AJ Styles versus the Undertaker. Ah, so it went, it went against them. That was clearly a that was clearly a boneyard. Uh, clearly a boneyard. How dare you Google? How dare you? That's what this is the way you should use Brave and Duck Duck Go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but man, look. In a word, actually, we have ten minutes left, so we might have to go into overtime here. In a word, what did you think of this match? And what, does it live up to its... Cri- look, it's pretty bad. It's eight minutes. I don't, Like, Vampiro, the demon... It, this thing was doomed from the start. What do you think about it? Uh, i tell you what. I love the beginning where Vampiro... Where, sorry, the demon is, is walking around the graveyard 
and and he can't find Vampiro anywhere. And the next thing, he looks up in a tree, and all you could hear is Tony Schiavone going, "He's in the trees!" <laughs> and just jumps out of the tree. Uh, oh, lad! It was it was dreadful. Uh, obviously, there was no crowd noises or anything, so they did the Roman Reigns thing, and they just monologued their way. Hey, you think you can do this? I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you. Uh, and then it ended with um, uh, with Vampiro putting the demon in a coffin and then tipping the coffin into a grave. Now, I mean, I'm sure that's not a pleasant experience, but the way Tony sold it, like he tipped the coffin and it fell three or four feet. The way Tony sold it, you'd swear the demon was dead. Although I suppose he, he certainly well, was buried. He did try to kill him. He, he smashed a tombstone over his head and it broke into a million pieces. It, it did. Although that tombstone was uh, kind of falling apart in Vampiro's hands when he, yeah. <laughs> he was holding it. Tombstone's a, a very uh, strong <laughs> word for what it was. <laughs> like, look, it was... It was one... I mean... There was, it was pioneering. It was, and I was going to say that. There was nothing yeah. like this before in no. WWF or WCW or ECW or anywhere else. It was the first of its kind. Does that make it good? No. Sir. <laughs> no. Could this have been good? Well, look, we saw last week with a human torch match, which also wasn't very good. I think if you had to book this a little bit better, yes, it could have been good. And it was. Look, look the bone match matches case in point that this could be done better. Stunt the hell out of it. Yeah. Have your coffins, have your graves, have your headstones that smash, have a bloody hurt. Like, just make this a five minute stunt fest. Yeah. And then cut it. It it does not need to be a wrestling match. Now, after finding a list, man, a list of uh, the best to worst matches. And there's some good ones that I do want to work through myself. I'm going to like post them up on our social media. And uh, yeah, we have to cover these. There's some really good ones here. Some really good ones here. Um, there's 100 matches. Or ni- yeah, 97 matches. I'm going to post these on our social media. And you guys can have a look. Because uh, fair play to CJ Biddle. Because um, this is a, a good list they've compiled, and uh, it's going to go on our social media. So we're going to have to end it here. If you're checking us out on Phoenix 92.5 FM, of course you can check us out on theresslingrewind.com, underscore the wrestling rewind on Twitter, the wrestling rewind show at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find everything that we're going to do. We're going to continue on the stream, of course. If you're checking us out on the stream, thank you so much. Just hang on. Uh, but Martin, is there anything you want to say to the people li- uh, listening on Phoenix FM before we get out here? Yeah, I mean, I know this is recorded, so I don't know when it's going out, but it's uh, Storm Eunice is coming in. So whatever you're doing, folks, don't take unnecessary journeys and don't swim in the sea. <laughs> there you go. Fair points. Fair points. And don't wrestle in a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> don't wrestle in a graveyard. No, no good things happen there. Or but a folks, boneyard. It- or a boneyard, unless you're the Undertaker. Um, so look, folks, we will be back here on uh, Phoenix 92.5 FM next week. Of course, you can check us out. Please go over to therestlingrewind.com where all the links for everything are found. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. You have nothing else to do on a Saturday. 
Do you like nerd things? Now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media Radio Network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. All right, so I haven't worked out how to do ads yet <laughs> on the stream. So we're going to keep going um, here on the channel, folks. We have advertisers. Well, I have a little button that I press when we do streams, but obviously because I'm using the new computer, brand new setup, uh, we're still working out the kinks, so I haven't actually I mean, we're a, we're a wrestling podcast, so I think we, are we legally entitled to advertise Blue Chew at some point? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, I hope so. everywhere else seems to do. It. Yeah, or Audible. Yeah, or, or, or Audible. Yeah, but twenty percent of listening to wrestling podcasts is listening to advertisements for Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I haven't worked out how to do that just yet. So hopefully by tomorrow I will, or whenever we do. Again, people. Again, guys, we're we're actually taping this out of order, so we're doing show ninety before. 90 before 89 because 89 is the the elimination chamber and um yeah so again if this is your first show thanks so much for checking us out we are live every single friday 10 30 uh irish time and then it goes out on phoenix 92.5 fm 8 p.m irish time so uh best way to stay in contact with us is our social media and of course you can do all that through the wrestlingrewind.com so martin we are going to switch gears here and briefly go over Shane Douglas versus Buff Bagwell. This this was a weird match because this was like a filler match to kind of set up why everybody's listening to the show. The, the actual talking point. Uh, but this was a shame because I, like, I liked both Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell at this time. I thought they could have been used better and weren't. And this was re- this was a really weird... This, this is a match where like we haven't got enough time here go out there and do something because there, there was some setup on Nitro and Thunder, but it didn't seem like it warranted a pay-per-view match. Yeah, I'm the same with you here. I don't dislike either of these guys, but uh, even without having followed the, the weekly show, I, I could tell as soon as this started, this was filler. Yeah. This was nothing. Nobody cared about this. Um, yeah. The two guys came out and they had a perfectly serviceable match serviceable television wrestling match yeah and then obviously we had to have the the uh the wcw double twist you know with with tory wilson betraying uh the franchise and then betraying buff bagwell it's just nobody really cared yeah no at this point they were they were very much into just what they were into and it was just get through this fill up about 10 minutes and then reset for Hogan, Hogan Jarrett. Yeah. I'll tell you what, what I did enjoy was though, uh, the match ended with, um, so Shane Douglas, uh, caught, I think, uh, Tory Wilson did a low blow on Buff Bagwell and then Shane Douglas caught Buff Bagwell, uh, with this move and Tony Schiavone goes, Oh my God, what a move. We've never seen anything like that. And what it was, was he just botched a Manhattan drop. That was it. Just a, and I've never seen a move end on a Manhattan drop either. That was well, there we fantastic. Go. That was it. 
but yeah, that was the only notable thing about it. Oh, what I would say is I've always loved the name Manhattan Drop because it's the reverse of uh, the Atomic, Atomic Drop. Drop. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. Manhattan was the Manhattan Project, so yeah. I always thought that was nearly too clever for wrestling. Hey, look, so they have their moments, but as clever as that was, what happened from this point on was not. So this is the most famous moment of ladder WCW. I it, it, well, without question, to be fair, there's like five big moments of ladder WCW. This is one of them, and this is the moment that WCW died. Yeah, died at hundred percent. This is it's the moment it died at, and the reason why I said it is because again. This whole show, the past two or three shows even, was an attempt to reset, get themselves back on track, and they were doing it. Hogan, in one moment, killed the whole show. And I, look, the blame for this, I would go, I would, it, it can be doled out in many places. I think Hogan and Russo are to blame for this wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. 50-50, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put yeah, no, it's, the it's entirety of it, but uh, I mean, it's two shoot heels. So, so so here, so this background comes from a turn of minds.com. So what led to the incident? Vince Russo returned to WCW in June 2000 after taking a brief hiatus. At this point, WCW was already in its worst year and the damage to the company uh, left everyone uncertain. Vince Russo wanted to push younger talent and had uh, not had the chance to give the main event status. He began a few months earlier to push Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW title, which he did. There was no problem with Russo doing this as the majority of fans wanted talent that that had already become main eventers and some talent that had already uh, left WCW to do for WWE at this point. So you can see what he was doing. You know, he wanted to make sure that more talent didn't leave to go to WWE, which, of course, Jericho, Benoit, the names go on that we bring up every week, had done. Um, the only thing that was preventing this was big name talent such as Hulk Hogan, Sid Fishes, and... Kevin Nash, who were still in the main event scene and did not want to lose their spot. The week of the show, John Laurinaitis, yes, that John Laurinaitis, had a meeting with Hulk Hogan. John told Hogan that Russo wanted to lose the WCW champion to uh, Jeff Jarrett at the show. Hogan did not like the idea, called Eric Bischoff to talk to Russo about a new idea for the match. The plan was then purposely for Hogan to win the title, leave WCW with the championship, have Vince Russo set up another tournament to crown a new champion and then have Hulk Hogan return at a later date as the real champion, similar to how CM Punk and John Cena would do many years later during the summer of Punk. Hogan as the real champion versus the current champion to have been booked for Fall Brawl or Halloween Havoc. Vince Russo did, did not like the idea, but due to Hogan having creative control in his claws, Hogan figured that Russo would not change the plan. Russo stated on KFA commentaries that, that his plan the entire time was Hogan not to leave at the belt, but Booker T was. So apparently up until two hours beforehand, Eric Bischoff talked to Vince Russo the moment before he arrived, told Russo, uh, sorry, Bischoff told Russo to talk to Hogan about the match. Hogan told Russo that he should win the belt and again needed it or else he will not work the show in protest. Hogan then asked Russo that that would not happen and if it was real to shoot, beat Jarrett in the ring. Vince Russo then told Hogan that if it was real, he would not go out and cut a pro, uh, promo towards Hogan. Vince Russo then pitched Booker T versus Hogan for both WCW championships down the line. Hogan liked the idea and that's apparently what did happen, but not in the way they expected. So, to sum up, 
they had agreed that this is the way it was going to happen, but the wording was wrong, and then eventually led to the you know what hitting the fan. So Hollywood Hulk Hogan comes out. Jeff Jarrett comes out. This is a singles match for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The entrances were longer than the match. The match was one minute, 20 Michael, seconds. Michael Michael Buffer got his 100 grand for saying, let's get ready to rumble. Yep. And Jeff Jarrett lays down and takes the pin. Yeah. And that's that. Um, that's what this was This was, uh, I, can't, I mean, so... The whole politics of this case, as far as I know, this wasn't even really the problem. It was after the next match when Russo came back out and did his big uh, spiel. That was the issue that that Hogan really had. In fact, I think uh, because of the diatribe um, Russo unleashed in that promo, Hogan actually uh, initiated a defamation of character lawsuit against WCW. Yeah, Um, But, but here's the thing. The reason why this is so damaging, when I say the match, like literally Jeff Jarrett lies down. Yeah. He oh, yeah. lies down. Well, so so this is, that's partly what's damaging. No, it's, and it's the reason why it's so bad, the reason why it's so bad is because it's not like he was screwed over. It's not like he was attacked. It's not like the fans were told what was going on. Vince Russo's out there already holding the belt and showing the belt to Hulk Hogan. But it just shows that, right, we know Vince Russo's booking this. We know this is a fake show. And this this was, so this, this it's, it's real, but not real, but this bit's real stuff. This is for the, what they used to call the smart marks. You know, this is essentially... <laughs> This is where they jumped the smart. You know, mm. this went uh, went beyond what... So when you watch wrestling, you put it out of your mind that it's not real. You know, you have, a, I think, what they call a suspension of disbelief. And this went beyond that. And it made it very obvious what you were watching. And what really didn't help was the commentary, the constant, oh, my God, this is real. Folks, mm. folks, like uh, you're watching at home, and this this is real life. This is uh, shoot. This is happening, and it's like that doesn't make this bit sound real. That just makes it sound like oh, everything else you've been watching up to now has been phony. You know, like we know what it is, but for the three hours that you're sitting watching, or the two hours that you're sitting watching wrestling, you suspend your your disbelief but apparently everything that happened up until the moment that Jarrett lay down was part of the plan yeah everything the moment he lay down that's when it went off but, the rails but this is russo's booking this is classic russo that uh you know he's constantly doing this the, like oh a peek behind the curtain booking and or the real backstage politics booking and all that stuff is fascinating in 99 2000 for people on message boards but for people who have either paid to go to or oh, paid to watch we, pay-per-view, this is this is not entertaining. Shout out to Mr. Underscore Tiny Corndog for uh, comments in the chat. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah. No doubt like, your corndog is huge, Mr. Corndog. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us. Um, what did you think of, of the... The, the Vince Russo book and I know everyone has the opinion on Vince Russo uh, so let us know we appreciate it um, 
but yeah man like as i said everything about this was part of the plan it was all supposed to be done it was it, it was decided before and then jeff Jarrett lays down and that's it so there's a promo cut by hogan and he goes he leaves and then later on there's another promo by vince russo who basically explains that wrestling isn't real <laughs> and the hogan has ruined the show basically and he's going to rebook the show uh to give booker t basically the, the rub here and it would be jeff jarrett as the champion so that that belt would be taken away given to jeff jarrett and it'd be jeff jarrett versus booker t later on in the night for the actual wcw championship well one of the issues i had with this i mean i have we only have so much time. I have a laundry list of issues with this. But uh, one of the things that got me was that this was played very much as a shoot. Mm. This was Hogan's gone. That title is done. We're going to have a new title, blah, blah, blah. And then there's actually a shot later on where Vampiro was coming back into the building. And you can see Hogan walking out the door with the title. Yeah. Um, but then on the match at the end of the night, like 15 minutes later, they have the title. <laughs> They have the title there to present to Booker T. Makes so, no sense. Yeah, either they went and got it back or they had a mimic made in 15 minutes or, you know, th- the whole thing with this is the the lack of consistency is very galling. Like it, it constantly pulls you out of that uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah, and it, like there was Goldberg... Uh, who defeated Kevin Nash and Kevin Nash lost the match, Scott Hall's contract would be terminated. This is very much an afterthought. Uh, even on the show, they don't really talk about it that much because they're they're still trying to get over what just happened. And it is it, it does kind of put a whole dampener on the whole show because you're like, right, nothing else here mattered. You've said nothing else here mattered because it wasn't real. The only yeah. real thing that happened was Hogan walking out with the belt. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is real, folks. This is really happening. And now let's all get hyped up for the next fake thing. Like, yeah. like. So, obviously, this was uh, a lot of heat backstage. Um, after winning the title, Hogan immediately took the the belt off, so he was gone. But as you said, he wasn't really gone. And then, basically, from Russo's comments, both on the yeah. show and after the show it would be uh, a defamation of character lawsuit against Vince Russo and Time Warner. And also, it's um, the last time the Hogan would actually be on WCW. Uh, so. And here, for all we can say about Hogan, you, you can't say he's not prescient. His last words ever in WCW were, is this your deal, Russo? This is why this company's in the state it's in. Yeah. And I have to 100% concur. It's funny. So Vince Russo and uh, has has been involved a lot, and Hogan, <laughs> the moment that killed TNA, is very similar to this moment. Um, when you actually look at it, and about evolved Hulk Hogan and nonsense booking. So you know, I would say it's yeah, it's weird that in fifteen years he managed to do the same thing twice. P- people who like wrestling like wrestling. Give them wrestling. You don't need to give them the whole smarky behind the scenes. Oh, but this is the real story. Like, people just like wrestling. Just give them bloody wrestling. Well, look, 
what we got on this show that was wrestling was actually really good. I would say, you know, the, the Daphne stuff was really good. A, a, a very good tag team match was very surprising. Awesome Mike Awesome match. Uh, Canyon versus Booker T. Again, Booker T, he went out and wrestled 23 minutes of actually quite good content. The Booker T-Jeff Jarrett match itself was quite good, but yeah. no one cared because they were like, well, this doesn't really matter. So it's a shame Although, because both those lads went out and actually did a good match. Yeah. Um, what I would say was, though, I think, though, by the end of the Booker T match, they, or well, Booker T's second match, they, they had gotten the crowd back a bit, mm. and him winning the title did have a genuine kind of feel-good moment about it. It wasn't as, you know, momentous as it should have been, mm. but um, it did have a genuine kind of feel-good moment about it. Uh, so, despite all the nonsense, the pay-per-view kind of did go off on a, on a wee bit of a high despite everybody being completely confused so let so let what would you give this show so i think the best way to do is let's take out the moment let's just park it and go right the moment was what it was um what would you give the show overall um i mean I, i'd give that a solid wcw c plus fair I think that's yeah. very fair. I think it's very fair. It, like, it wasn't as crazy as the last show. And I think that kind of worked. And as I said, like, it still had the gimmick matches and really leaned into them, but used yeah. them a lot better. I think if the WCW nonsense with Hogan hadn't have happened, this probably could have been a turning point for the company. And it was just the other way. Yeah. And it never really recovered. This was probably the last chance for them to really recover. And I feel bad because... It did so much well. It did more things in a sad, in a in a true way. It did more things well than poorly, but the poor ones overshadow the good, and that's why you know I can give it more than a C plus because it's let down by graveyard matches. It's let down by nonsense. It's yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. But yeah, it's C+. like I say, uh, they did seem to like like I said right at the start of this, the uh, the the thing opened. The, the crowd was hot. The fireworks, the set, everything was great. The first match was good. It's like it really did feel like almost like they were within touching distance of like um you know ninety six, ninety seven WCW again. Yeah, yeah, and no, I did, I did, and I think that's the that's the sad part about it. As I said, this is this is the debt of WCW in a lot of ways, where it doesn't really recover from here. Um, next on our timeline is New Blood Rising. Holy hell, folks, strap in. That is, <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, but of course, that's next on our timeline. Um, our next show, if you're checking this out as we're recording them, is going to be Elimination Chamber. But if you haven't checked it, out, it's the show we've already done so uh thank you for everyone who joined us live thank you for everyone who listened as well again thank you to people in the chat we appreciate it we will be back every friday at uh, 10 30 and the best way to keep in contact with us is our social media so if you're on social media we have a link for you we will throw them up as well the wrestlingrewind.com will take you to our website which has all the links there underscore the wrestling sorry underscore the rewind is twitter and the wrestling rewind show at gmail.com the wrestling rewind show on facebook so martin is there anything you want to say before we get out here just good to be back although i've never really been on the streaming in the first place but it's good to be here and long may it continue absolutely so guys thanks so much for sticking with us we'll be back next week 
And again, this is your first time checking us out. Like the show, subscribe. There's plenty more content here from the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. Fight me, punk. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 